The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care, with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Merrill Griff. Hi, welcome to Caught Between Generations. I am Dr. Merrill, and I'm so pleased that you decided to join us today. I know how your time is so important, and you have so much to do, and we really do appreciate when you take the time to listen in, so thank you. So our guest today is Dr. Lois Frankel, who writes about the timeless wisdom of women. Wisdom that, yeah, between us, let's face it, is often lost. Because as women age, we're often marginalized and viewed as unimportant. Uh, Very often because as women, sometimes when we lose our outward beauty, we're seen as less important. Um, But things change. And suddenly people like Dr. Lois Frankel are listening um, to what women are saying and see it as important, especially as they age. As I was reading her book, I, I suddenly remembered a quote from Mark Twain, who said that he was shocked. He was actually shocked at how smart his father became when he turned 30. That was Mark Twain when he turned 30. He said that before he turned 30, he really thought his father was not so clever. Um, But suddenly at 30, he decided he was really a very smart man. And that's what happens to us sometimes. So does that happen to you? I mean, does your mother seem to get wiser as you grow older? Or do you find yourself suddenly quoting your mother or your grandmother or a favorite aunt? Don't know. I certainly do. Dr. Lois Frankel's newest book is called Angelous Women, Timeless Wisdom. And we invite you to call in and honor your mothers, grandmothers, or other influential women in your life by sharing with us their wisdom, insights, and stories. So give us a call at one 866 Four seven two five seven nine two eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. If you'd like to share with us one of those stories or one of their sayings, we certainly would like to hear them. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lois Frankel. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. So. Dr. Frank, I'm very curious. You've written best-selling books. I mean, they've been translated into numerous languages, 25 languages. Um, But for the most part, they were business books. And now suddenly you decided to write a book about women and their wisdom. So I'm really curious. What made you decide to do that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I had this book in my head for probably 20 or 25 years. Um, and it started when my mother was dying of cancer. And this, and this is about 25 years ago. 
And I realized she knew so much that I wouldn't be able to turn to her and ask any longer. And, and then it just made me start thinking about, but all women have this wisdom. And I would love to capture just this wisdom from other women, from everyday women. You know, I wasn't looking to get it from, you know, high-profile women or rich women, just everyday women. But, you know, like for most of us, you know, life intercedes. I was running a business. I was writing these other business books because that really what was contributing to my success as a business person. And I just never got around to it. And And then as I got older, 25 years later, I realized that I was starting to be marginalized. Um, I realized that there were times when if I, if I didn't have on my business clothes, if I wasn't all made up, if I didn't look like the professional, most people see if I'm doing a keynote speech or working with a client, I, it was easy to kind of ignore me. And, I, and what really did it for me once and for all was I was on an airplane. And at one point, you have to know, I, I've always had blonde hair. Um, but I had my own bout with cancer well, about 10 years ago. And when it grew in, it grew in this beautiful shade of white. So I let it just stay white because everybody, all my friends said, you know, that is really beautiful hair. You should just leave it. So I left it as white. But again, you know, combined with the aging and other things going on, you know, I think people started to treat me differently. And, 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 the, and the time when I really made a decision about this was I was on a plane and I got off. And I, and I had been talking to the man in the seat next to me. And when I got off, one of those little porters came up with, you know, those little carts that will take you to the next gate mm-hmm. and said, would you like a ride to the next gate? And I said, no, I'm actually quite capable of walking to the next gate. And the man next to me said, why didn't he ask me? I said, because you don't look like an old woman. And, <laughs> and I just, that's what did it for me. I said, you know what? We really are treated differently. Now, I have to admit, after that, I went back to blonde, but not because of that situation, just because I kind of liked myself better blonde. Um, you, you know, you know I, but I, that, that's what did it for me. Right. I always say, you know, it's, it's going to be over the first day someone tells me I'm cute. You know, that, <laughs> that's how they refer to women as they age. So like, oh, she's so cute. So I'm like, oh, no, not going to happen. So yeah, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, I just thought, now, if I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. And I, ha- I had I had just finished a book, um, as you know, uh, Nice Girls Just Don't Get It. I thought, if I'm ever going to do it, this is the time. And so what I did was I loaded my car and my little dog, and I drove from Los Angeles to um, New Orleans, stopping along the way to talk to any uh, women over the age of 70 that I could find and who would talk to me. I stopped at nursing homes. I stopped at senior centers. I asked friends to set up appointments. um, And I did this in all of my travels for a year. And I also set up a website where people could um, send the wisdom of the women in their lives. Now, the most surprising thing to me, Meryl, was... um, I started off by asking the question, uh, what's the one thing you have learned to be true in all of your years of living? And older women had a hard time answering that question. I was really surprised. They kind of didn't know where to go with it, and I rarely got an answer, you know, the first time around. 
And so I changed it to, if you could give a piece of advice to any young woman today, what would it be? And, you know, that way I, I got more answers, but then people didn't like giving advice. So there was a lot of different ways that I had to kind of ask the question. Um, you know, it, it was just a really interesting experience for me, is sitting with these women, because I truly believe that women are marginalized as they get older. Um, you know, and I don't mean to be unkind, but, you know, I look at some of these older um, news commentators, the men, and I look at them mm-hmm. and I think a woman could not look like that and keep her job. Um, I was it's true. Contra- I was contrasting Charlie Rose, who I really love. I mean, I watch him all the time. But I was thinking, you know, if Barbara Walters looked like that, they would have fired her. And so it's just a good <laughs> example in the media of how, as women age, we, o- we often don't want anything to do with them. You know, uh, um, actresses have been complaining about this for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, ro- good roles for them dry up. So, you know, I just think it's so important that we, we understand that, that as women get older, they bring so much wisdom, and they are the keepers of our culture. I mean, if you look in um, Congress today, I mean, this is what's really interesting. Who is really ensuring that this health care bill, which I, I don't know how you feel about it, but, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm for uh, Obamacare. I'm just saying... You can't take away insurance from 23 million people. You can't take it away from 5 million people. I don't care how many million. But it, it's the women in the Congress who have really put a stop to this nonsense. When you think about, uh, I think her name is Lisa Murkowski from um, Alaska, and you think about uh, Susan Collins from Maine, and there's a couple of others. It's the women who are really bringing the wisdom to the Congress. Lois, let me ask you a, a question. What, is there a, since you asked about one thing, so what, was there a particular story that touched your heart more than another one that really stands out to you that when you heard it, you, you really just so taken aback? Well, you know, they touched me in different ways. Um, the one, the one that touched my heart was um, I was staying in a hotel in um, Bellagio, Italy, and I was going through. It was called um, the Belvedere Hotel, and I was going through just a little information they put in the room, and it said that it was owned and operated by five generations of women, mm-hmm. and I thought oh, my, I need to get this story. And I went to the desk, and I said, you know, could I speak with the owner? And they thought there was a problem. You know? And I said, no, 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 there's not a problem. I told them who I was. And they arranged for me to meet with um, the two women who are running it now, which was, I think she was an 86-year-old woman and her daughter. And then the daughter's daughter also helps, but I didn't meet her. And I asked the story about why she was running this hotel at this age. And, and it was really touching to hear that, you know, when, when the 86-year-old woman's parents and grandparents had the property, she said, you know, we just needed a way to make money, and we took in borders. And then it grew. 
And then I wasn't sure I wanted to run this, but I didn't know what else to do. And then the, as I started talking to the daughter, she said she had studied to be a scientist. Uh, I don't remember exactly what kind of scientist, but she was living in Milan, and she was working as a scientist. And she said it became clear my mother want, needed help. She couldn't do this by herself anymore. Um, and what was I to do? Was I to turn my back on this, turn my back on my mother's dream, my grandmother's dream, my great-grandmother's dream? And that's the one that really touched my heart, was these generations of women who have supported each other um, and created this really wonderful, wonderful hotel, which had the most wonderful service. And, you know, and it was funny, because when I was interviewing them, I said, before I read the material in the room... I thought to myself, this place has to be run by a woman. It is run so well. <laughs> just every little <laughs> detail was attended to. And I thought, that's a woman's eye. That's a woman's touch. So that's the one that touched me the most. But, you know, the subtitle of the book is, a, is Witty, Wicked, and Wise Reflections on Well-Lived Lives. And I ha- when I started it out, Merle, I really thought I was going to get these, like, you know, really gems of wisdom from these little old ladies. And as a matter of fact, my working title for the book was um, uh, Words of Wisdom from Wise Old Women, because I wanted to demystify that phrase, wise old women, right? And then I found that the women I talked to, they hated the title. And as I'm traveling across country, I'm thinking, you know, I need to honor them. You know, if they hate this title, why would I put them in a book where they hated the title? And one morning on the road, it popped into my head that I am really talking to these ageless women who have uh, uh, this timeless wisdom, and I thought, that's the title. Uh, Lois, I want you to hold that thought. We're talking to Dr. Lois Frankel, author of Ageless Women, Timeless Wisdom. She's right, witty, wicked, and wise reflections on well-lived lives. And I will tell you, one of the things that just gave me a little chuckle that I loved is that old saying, when life gives you lemons. And this woman said, when life gives you lemons, add vodka. Thought it was <laughs> just me. It was the first one I that I got. I don't even drink, and I I chuckled too. (laughs) I don't even drink, and I thought it was funny. Okay, stay with us. We'll be right back for more ageless women and timeless wisdom. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. SarahCare, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain in Involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-Care.com. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. To Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I am Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Dr. Lois Frankel, author of many best-selling books. Um, But we are talking right now about her latest book, Ageless Women, Timeless Wisdom. She's also the president of Corporate Coaching uh, International, and her books have been translated into 25 languages. They've sold over a million copies worldwide. So, Lois, what is your particular philosophy? you're saying that you would want you know that you would want us to remember that that's really important to you yeah you know there's actually two and you know and and one is more nostalgic for me but the one that I collected um, was from a woman in Cleveland Ohio an African-American woman and she said you know be kind because everybody's doing the best they can today And I thought, isn't that the truth? Everybody's doing the best they can today. And it really resonates with me because, you know, I went through a, um, uh, my master's program in psychology was very Rogerian, Carl Rogers. You know, and Carl Rogers talks about unconditional positive regard. And I, and I, you know, I didn't think of it till just now when you asked the question, but I, but I think that it resonates me with me for that reason, that, you know, as we go through life, we need to exhibit to people unconditional positive regard and kindness because we're walking the same journey with them. Um, and they're doing the best they can. And people don't get up in the morning and say, I think I'll make someone's life miserable today. You know, and I used to tell managers all this, this all the time when I would um, do management training, that your employees don't get up in the morning and say, I think I'll make my boss's life miserable today. They're doing the best they can. So I think that one really resonated with me um, on many levels. But the one that my mother told me, I think of every single day, and it's in the book, and she said, to smile at people when you walk by them on the street that it doesn't cost you anything and it makes them feel seen and important. And mm-hmm. I think that is so simple. It is so simple to smile at people. And, you know, there's plenty of times when I think to myself, I know I should be smiling and, and I'm in a bad mood and I don't want to do this today. Um, <laughs> but, but I do think of it and I think of her because that was her philosophy, that it was really about um, seeing other people and Lois- extending yourself to them. Lois, you know, it's interesting. I want to get back to what you were saying before about how, you know, people don't wake up um, thinking to themselves how they're going to make someone else's life miserable. I was very struck by the number of women in your book that talked about attitude, um, that they thought it was very important to face life with a, with a positive attitude um, and not with a negative attitude. I mean, did you find that surprising when you were interviewing them? I actually did. Uh, you know, I very much did. It wasn't what I expected to get women uh, get from women of this age group. 
Um, and so it was just about the whole thing about attitude. I, you know, again, my expectations weren't met, but that wasn't a bad thing. Um, you know, because people had such diverse experiences. Um, the, the one, I don't know if you got to read it, but I think of all the stories in the book, it might be my favorite because it's hilarious. Um, is the, the woman from Italy? Mm-hmm. Who, I did read the book. I love the book. Yeah, there's so many stories. Yes. It's hard to remember them all. Yeah. But it's the one from the woman in Italy because I actually spent an afternoon with her. And, you know, and she's the one. <laughs> When I asked her, um, you know, if you had to give one piece of advice, it was count on yourself, don't count on men. Again, a woman in her 80s, don't count on men. You can't trust them. She said, a man never gave me a dime. I supported every man in my life. And when you listen to her story, I mean, it was really quite remarkable of how she started a small restaurant in Italy, and it grew, and how she had children I mean, at a t- on her own at a time when you didn't have single moms, and how the men wanted to marry her, and she didn't want to get married, and that when she eventually did get married, she moved to the U.S., and she has a restaurant in the U.S. now in... Um, Scottsdale, an Italian restaurant that's now run by uh, her son and daughter. Um, hmm. And so, I mean, coming from this 80-year-old, she was a tiny dynamo, too. It was like she couldn't have been more than five feet uh, and didn't weigh 100 pounds and was just a dynamo talking about her life and how you, you need to really abdica- uh, advocate for yourself. So, yes, that was surprising to me from women of this age group. You know, the one of the sayings that really struck me was a woman whose name, and I may be pronouncing her last name correct, incorrectly, but it was Grace Jamets, J-A-M-E-N-T. Oh, Grace Jamets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she had many things to say. It was very interesting to me in terms of her pieces of advice for young women. But one of them that really resonated with me was, don't focus on age, focus on what you have yet to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm just going to say, and if you knew Grace Jemens, Grace happens to be um, a woman that I know in Pasadena, California. Um, she's about 92 now. And short, and just whenever you see her, she's just going somewhere with determination. I mean, I want to tell you, you don't know she's 92 years old. She, up until last year, she was still driving. And then last year, right around the time of the election, she had a stroke. And she couldn't talk. And we really thought, everybody thought we were going to lose Gracie. And Grace had more to do. She's <laughs> back and she's fine. Wow. And so, wow. yeah, that whole notion of, um, look to the future, look forward, that the past isn't something you can change. Um, it's that kind of wisdom that we, we really, young women really need to internalize. Yeah, you know, I, you know, as a, as a therapist, my problem with always thinking about age is, and I would say this to people, you know, you know, it's like people turn 40 and they think, oh, I'm feeling really pretty good. No, I just turned 40. I think I should be having a midlife crisis. Isn't that when I should have a midlife crisis? Or this is how I ought to feel, talk about media, when I'm 60, or this is how I ought to feel when I'm 50. Mm-hmm. 
All right. And I find people actually sometimes think that way. So when I heard Grace's advice about, you know, forget about how old you are, just focus on what you have yet to do. I, I thought it was a great piece of advice. So so let's go back to a little bit to to your issues of working working women. So do you think there's a parallel between older working women and older women that have actually left the workforce already? A parallel between older working women right. and women who have left the workforce. In well, terms I of... Do, the, go ahead, if you want to explain that, more. Yeah, I was going to say in terms of their approach to life and their philosophy, do you think that the women that are st- that are older but still in the workforce, for instance, may feel less marginalized? Or it really doesn't make a difference whether they're working or they're not working? I think it depends on why they're working. You know, I haven't been asked this question before, so I'm kind of thinking out loud here for a second, but I think it depends on why they're working. So certainly for a lot of women who have to still be working at this age, um, they're, not, they're not focused on am I being marginalized. They're focused on I have to somehow um, make a living and, and pay my bills, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this woman that, you know, I don't really know her. I just always see her in Macy's, and she's a much older woman uh, working in the women's department. And I always think, you know, this is someone that uh, it doesn't look like she wants to be here. You know, she's older, she's tired, she's on her feet all day. Uh, it isn't something I would wish for my mother. So for them, I don't think they're thinking of these kinds of things. Now, I think, you know, a, a problem of the first world order, as you know as a therapist, is that desire to create meaning in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think older women who may be more affluent, better educated, have more choices, I think they are focused on, you know, how do I continue to make a difference? How do I continue to define my, way, my life in a way that's meaningful? Um, and I think... And I think that they know the, the, the ways in which they're marginalized because I talk to women in the workplace all the time. And, you know, older women realize that their opinions aren't always asked for as often. Um, they're not always invited to the same meetings. Heck, I was at um, oh, a big, I don't want to say the name of it, I was at a big entertainment company yesterday having lunch with a client. And... I looked around, and I think the average age had to be 35. And I thought, I don't see anybody my age here. Um, What would it be like to work in a place like this? And so, you know, I I think that that still happens. And then then women who have chosen to leave the workforce and, you know, create lives of meaning, I think they do struggle. Um, You know, I spoke about the book at a um, senior living facility. And these women were well-educated. The the, the senior living facility um, kind of is geared towards uh, retired teachers. So they were educated, they were interested, curious, they were verbal, um, they were self-confident. And as I talked about it, they were talking about the ways in which they continue to be marginalized, whether it's by doctors at the grocery store, um, in just all kinds of ways. And so my whole presentation to them was really about how do you take your power back in situations like this? So, you know, I hope I answered your question. I, I just that, hadn't been asked that before, so I had to give it a little thought. 
No, I think you did an outstanding job. Thank you. You're listening to Caught Between Generations, and we're talking to Dr. Lois Frankel, who is an author of many books, but we've been focused on ageless women, timeless wisdom. And when we come back, um, she told me off air a very interesting story about um, having this book published. So I want her to share that with you when we come back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know. How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. Call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I've been talking to Dr. Lois Frankel, and we've been talking about her most recent book, Ageless Women, Timeless Wisdom, Witty, Wicked, and Wise Reflections on Well-Lived Lives. And it is a wonderful book. I have read it, and there are lots of wonderful quotes, but also lots of wonderful stories uh, from women who are all 70 or above. So I highly recommend um, that you read it. Dr. Frankel, we were talking talking off air um, about getting the book published, which is usually a question I would never ask. But it was such an interesting story. I'd like you to share it with us, if you would. Sure. You know, um, I've had five books published by major publishers. Um, several of them have been on the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling lists. And so I have a reputation in the um, publishing community. And I really thought when I wanted to do this book that, oh, somebody will pick this up. I don't have to worry about this. And so 
I created the, the entire book before I had a contract because I really wasn't worried about it. And I, ha- I paid a woman to illustrate it, and I think you'll agree that it's beautifully illustrated um, mm-hmm. by an artist who just, who she just has such a wonderful eye for design. And so it makes the book very special. And so um, when it was all complete, I started sending it around to um, publishers. Think, because oh, I should backtrack and say because my agent had passed away in the interim, so I didn't have. I was kind of without an agent for a little while, literary agent, and so I went back to the publishers that had published me in the past, and I thought, you know, one of them will certainly pick it up. I got rejections at every one, and so I and they said, you know, this just isn't our kind of book. It's not a breakthrough book. It's a coffee table book. It's blah blah blah, and I realized the problem was the problem. I'm writing about older women and who wants to hear it? Who wants to watch a movie with an old lady in it? And kind of, I say that tongue in cheek. Um, You know, who wants to, you know, we know what the problem is, right? The problem is the problem that older women are marginalized and, um, and dismissed. And so I couldn't get a publisher for it. And I thought, you know what, this book is too important. I am going to self-publish it. And I had never self-published before. So I did self-publish it. And then um, after it was, and it turned out so, so beautifully, uh, I was able to sell it to a publisher who, who ultimately saw it. It was a smaller publisher, Skyhorse Sky Publishing in Boston. It was a smaller publisher, but they saw the value in it. And they picked it up, and they bought it, and, and they published it. And so now it's under Skyhorse Publishing. But again, the problem is the problem. You know, I it it dawned on me as I was listening to you that if I wonder if it had been a book with older women who were very very famous, especially if they came from the entertainment industry, um, if that would have made a difference to the publishers, and it, it may have, and that in and of itself is is a really terrible commentary. Uh, on how we on how we see women, as if the only women that would have something to offer might be a famous actress, which has nothing to do with with wisdom. Um, absolutely, and you're right. I think if it was famous women or high profile women, even if it was business women, actors, um, you know, whoever, scientists, I think it would have yeah, it would have gathered probably a little bit more um, more interest. Um, interestingly. I did send it to quite a few older actresses and asked if they would be willing to contribute or even just um, just give me a cover quote. And the only person who gave me something was Lily Tomlin. Really? And, yeah, and that's why she's the only um, famous person in the book, uh, other than... Uh, the three people who, the three people I knew who gave me cover quotes, um, which were Rita Coolidge, Josh Berman, and um, Evelyn Champagne King. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I couldn't even get quotes with it from them. Now, one of the actresses, her agent was kind of was honest with me at least. And I said that's really too bad because she's so popular, and I'd love to include her. She's passed away subsequently. It was Doris Roberts, um, and she's passed away su- subsequently. But the agent said that, um, you know, she doesn't see herself as an old lady. 
right? You know what? Actually, for some reason, when you said that, it I suddenly had this picture in my mind of my mother-in-law who came in for, actually, it was the bar mitzvah of my oldest son, and I took her to the hairdresser, you know, to get her hair done for this. And she sat in the chair. She was 85 at the time. And she said to the hairdresser, now let me just tell you one thing, honey. She said, whatever you do, don't give me one of those old lady hairstyles. All right. <laughs> I was 85. Right? Well, the hairdresser, yeah, the hairstylist right? was like, well, okay. <laughs> Which is another whole show, isn't it? About Madison Avenue and age. Um. You know, what we do to perpetuate the beauty myth, right? Uh, That's another whole show. Oh, I know. know, There's a lot of money spent on maintaining maintaining beauty. It's true. So, Louis, I want to switch gears just a a little bit um, and, and talk about your other your other book, which is Nice Girls Just Don't Get It, uh, 99 Ways to Win the Respect You Deserve, the Success You've Earned, and the Life You Want. And the reason I want to talk about that a little bit is because in this book, you have numerous tactics, which are all numbered. And it actually remember, it actually reminded me of, for those of us who watch NCIS, the main character in there is Gibbs, and he has all these rules, you know, and he'll say, it's my rule number three, and they all know what it is. Um, and so I was reading these tactics I thought wow that was kind of similar but there I want to talk to you about some of the tactics because I think that they really really resonate with many of the things that I hear on the show um, and many of the things I hear from caregivers and the kinds of things uh, especially women that they really really struggle with um, and and struggle with all the time and sometimes throughout their lives so for example your tactic 31 which I don't expect you to remember, Lois. I'll tell Thank you what it is. <laughs> so tactic 31. Sometimes people do expect me to remember. <laughs> so tactic 31 is walk away when it's time. All right. Which is a problem we see um, a lot, not only among caregivers, but but often I'll be talking to someone and, and they'll be referring to a granddaughter, for example, who's in a relationship or it, they're in a job or they're in some situation which is so upsetting to them um, because they just stay in it. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, that relates um, to the sunken cost dilemma, which is... Sometimes when we've spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy on something or someone, we're reluctant to walk away from our investment. Now, we may not think of it as an investment. So the um, grandmother who's watching her granddaughter in a, in a difficult or a, a bad relationship, um, she's not saying that this is a bad investment, but that's essentially what's happening, is that when we spend time, money, energy on people and things, we're investing ourselves in them. So the sunken cost dilemma is, after I've invested so much, it's hard to walk away. It's almost easier to think of it um, like with a car, where you um, buy a car, and maybe it's a used car, 
and you put new tires on it, and I don't know, you, you, you clean it up, and you put $1,000, and you think, okay, I've got a good car now. But then something goes that costs $500, and something else goes that costs $750. And you think, you know, I, I've already put this money in it. I, I'm not going to walk away from it. Well, that's what we do in relationships, too. There's a couple of dynamics, and you as a psychologist know this. There's a couple of dynamics that can go on, and one is that sunken cost. I've already spent so much time and invested so much in this relationship. Why would I walk away? And that happens a lot in marriages. Um, Something else that happens is, and as you know, the cycle of abuse, which is, you know, he or she doesn't treat me well sometimes, but boy, when they're really on and treating me well, nobody's better. And I don't want to walk away from from that. Well, you know, that's just intermittent positive reinforcement. And as you and I both know, that's the strongest shaper of behavior there is. And, you know, and sometimes we need to let people know these terms so they understand the behaviors in which they're engaging. Is it sunken cost? Is it intermittent positive reinforcement that's keeping me engaged in this? Um, Sometimes it can be your own sense of self-worth that I can't do any better than this. You know, I'll never forget, you'll appreciate this as a therapist, when I was a young therapist in training, um, I was being uh, supervised by um, a clinician. And she was telling me the story of this woman who was in this really bad relationship. Um, but, But the husband, you know, basically was good to her supported her, you know, gave her money, you know, was, was basically good to her. And I'll never forget her phrase, and I hope it doesn't offend anybody, but she said, you know, I said to this client, you'll have cobwebs in your vagina before you find somebody better than him. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, right? I mean, now that mm-hmm. was 35 yeah. <laughs> years ago, and I remember that phrase. <laughs> and, it, and that's another reason why women stay in bad relationships, because other people are telling them you're not going to do any better. And so it's I true. Think women, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying it's true. I've heard it. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard that before? I haven't heard that exact expression, Lois, but but I've heard that before. I've heard it with with unfortunately mothers sometimes telling daughters even, you know, yes, you should marry him. You're having second thoughts. You don't think you love him, but you should marry him because you'll never do any better, or right because he's going to make a great he's going to make a great living, and you'll never do any better. Right. Exactly. Um, or yeah. there's the flip side of that. Some women sell their, sell their soul to the devil. Because, in fact, they really do just want money. And men do this, too. I'm not saying it's just women. But, um, you know, people who say, this person's going to take really good care of me. What more could I want? I'm willing to put up with a little inconvenience. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think as women, though, we really need to look at the dynamics uh, in our decisions and know when it's time to say, you know what, this isn't healthy for me. That, it, that it's not a matter of doing better or somebody will take care of me better because the bottom line is nobody will ever take better care of you than you'll take care of yourself. And knowing when to get out of a toxic relationship um, is really important because those toxic relationships, you know, as you well know, um, are going to damage your self-esteem. 
can lead to health problems and all sorts of other kinds of um, issues. And so uh, women really need to support each other in making these kinds of decisions because it's hard to make them on your own. You may know that you're in them. It's hard to make it on your own. So it's one of the things that I say is you need to surround yourself with yaysayers, not naysayers. You know, along these same lines, I, I remember now getting a letter from a woman who lived in a holler in West Virginia. And she sent me a letter, a handwritten letter, and she said, um, I can't email you because my husband checks my email. And I'm in an abusive relationship, and I don't know what to do. And my mother keeps telling me, you know, I should be happy. I have somebody who works, takes care of the kids, puts a roof over my head. And she said, and please don't call or anything. Just write back, and I'll look for the letter. Now, who deserves to live in that kind of fear? No one. But that's what, that's what bad relationships do to us. They take away our self-confidence. I want you to hold that thought, Liz. I want to continue talking about that. We'll be right back. We have to take, unfortunately, we have to take a really quick break. Uh, this is Dr. Merrill, and I'm, I'm talking to Dr. Lois Frankel. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. At SarahCare, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Call Between Generations. We've been talking to Dr. Lois Frankel, who is the author of Ageless Women, Timeless Wisdom, and many business books. Um, and the ones we were just talking about most recently is Nice Girls Just Don't Get It. Before we uh, went on break, Dr. Frankel, we were talking about um, how women especially tend to keep themselves in negative or abusive relationships and don't get out of them. Before we move on, do you have any last thoughts on that? 
Yeah, and I think we need to say it's not just personal relationships. Sometimes it's toxic work relationships. Um, you know, there's all kinds of bad relationships that that we get in and that we won't leave. Um, and there's a couple things, you know, a couple tips I would give to people, things to think about. Number one would be don't think about leaving a relationship. Think about creating a life and where do you want to go to. Because when you think about leaving, it brings up all this fear. But it's got to be, what do I want to do? What do I have yet to do with my life? Where do I want to go? You know, Viktor Frankl, the existential psychiatrist, who is no relation to me, said that the people who survived in concentration camps were those who had something yet to do with their lives. They had a vision for their future. And so if you're in any kind of toxic relationship, whether it's being a caretaker for a very difficult parent, which we see happen a lot, um, a, re- a personal, rela- an intimate relationship, um, a boss, a relationship with a child. You can be in a re- toxic relationship with your own child. You need to think about what you do want, not what you don't want. Because as you focus on what you don't want, you really um, perseverate over all that's wrong. So that's one thing. Think about what you do want. If your life was perfect, what would it look like? Now, no one's life is really perfect, but you can move toward a more perfect life. And so that's one thing I suggest. Another thing is to get help. Don't do it alone. This is where I go back to the yaysayers. If you have a mother who's saying, you know, you should be happy you have this person taking care of you. Um, If you have a sister who's saying, you know, there's nobody else to take care of mama. You know, you're the only one who really gets along with her. If you have a boss who's saying you'll never get a job as good as this, you need to find someone or some, some people who can give you really good advice. Sometimes it's a therapist like you. Sometimes it's a pastor. That's what I had suggested to this woman from the West Virginia Holler. I said, go find a pastor. Get into a woman's group. Um, Talk to friends. Form your own women's group. But find people who are going to support you in making the change. Something else I just said to somebody yesterday. I said, you need to start putting away your FU money. (laughs) And I'm not going to say what that means, but I think most people get what it means. And that... If you're in a difficult relationship, you're probably going to need money to make a change. Start squirreling it away. Something else is negotiate. Women don't negotiate for themselves. We were talking about a mutual colleague, um, Carol Frolinger, who is an expert in negotiation, and she has taught me so much about negotiation. And what she said was, you know, women make great negotiators when they're negotiating for someone else, not when they're negotiating for themselves. So you need to learn to negotiate better for yourself. If it's with that parent who's very difficult, you need to be willing to say, hey, look, I am willing to come on Saturdays, and I'm willing to spend from 1 to 4 o'clock, and beyond that, we're going to find people who can come in and provide the help to you, because frankly, I don't deserve to be treated like this. Now, you notice I didn't say, you know, you're treating me badly, you shouldn't do this, you need to change. No. When you're in a bad relationship, no one else needs to change. You need to change. Only you need to change, and only you can change it. So those are some things that I suggest to women. You know, negotiate. Um, put away the FU money so that you've got money when you, when you need it. Surround yourself with yaysayers. Um, actually, I already forgot what my first one was, but everybody heard it. 
Yeah, and actually, you bring up an excellent point because toxicity in your life can also be with friends. Um, I can't tell you how many women especially, or men that I've spoken to, where they'll go to leave uh, something, a relationship, a job, a position they're in, a neighborhood, whatever it is, and, and they're just surrounded by so-called friends who are very invested in just keeping them in their misery, you know, um, and so you really have to take a look at who's around you. Um, so I think it's really outstanding advice. Lois, do you have any last thoughts for us, um, especially in terms of what advice or wisdom may have resonated with you as to, to what it really means to be a woman, that special role as a woman? Yeah, I think what it is is we are raised to be caretakers, um, and do-gooders in so many ways. And all of that is really important. That, yes, we need to do all those things. At the same time, we cannot only be for others. You know, it's that old Jewish saying that if I'm only for others, then who is for me, right? How do I be for myself? And so women need to understand that taking good care of yourself and taking good care of other people are not mutually exclusive. That, in fact, when you don't take good care of yourself, you can't take good care of anyone else. It may appear to be that on the surface, but you can't. That we are all put on this earth to find our purpose. And you need to be living a conscious and purposeful life. And when you only live a life that is for others, that is not conscious. Okay, it may be purposeful, but it's not conscious because you never have to be conscious about your own needs. And so I really want women to understand that you can do good and you can do well at the same time, that nobody will ever take as good care of you as you will take care of yourself, and so that you need to give yourself permission to be in charge of your life, nobody else. Reminds me of a wonderful line from a movie that says, if you're not the leading lady in your own life, then where are you? You need to be the leading lady in your own life. <laughs> Thank really you so like much, and, Dr. And I think it's Dr. true, and I think women feel selfish when they do that, which is why we wrote Nice Girls Just Don't Get It, is that we want women to understand that if you're the perpetual nice girl you were taught to be in childhood, you won't achieve your adult goals. Nice is necessary, not sufficient. Ah, Dr. Frankel, such wisdom. Thank you so much for being with us today. Would you give us your contact information? Yes. Um, my website is Dr. Lois Frankel. There's no punctuation in that. It's D-R-L-O-I-S-F-R-A-N-K-E-L.com. And you can reach me at info at DrLoisFrankel.com. Great. Thank you so much. Ageless Women, Timeless Wisdom, I highly recommend it. Um, It's just a wonderful, wonderful book to read on many levels. Thank you so much for sharing so much with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Ah, thank you. Thank you. We only have a minute left, and usually I give you a takeaway, so I'm just going to try to do this quickly for you. If you listen to the last show, we were talking to Bob Hawkins, and we were talking about men who are caregivers for their wives or their mothers. And when I read Dr. Frankel's book, I thought back to that show, and I thought to myself, you know, there are these men that are caregivers, and and we find at Sarah Care they're very, very reluctant to give up the care of their spouses. They 
they really hold on for a very long time. I was so taken aback by the message of the shows. I realized that the inner beauty and the wisdom of these women may be lost on society. They may be marginalized. That's true in society as a whole. But you know what? Not on those men who care for them with just tremendous gentleness and devotion. People do care about you so much, which is why it's so important. You have to do at least one thing for yourself this week. You've got to take care of yourself. You're very important. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Caught Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week.